This is your Connecticut County Sheriff's Report with Connecticut County Sheriff Brian Smith right here on Q Media's On Demand. Good morning, Brian Smith. Good morning. Connecticut County Sheriff, of course. And I already asked him uh, off the air, but I have to ask on the air, did you miss me? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the Nothing answer. Against Andrew, but... <laughs> <laughs> I will pay you we later for that. Have, we certainly have a good time Thursday. Well, there you go. And usually what, when I've said, uh, I've asked somebody, you know, did you miss me when, when I was gone? And they're like, oh, were you gone? I mean, that's the biggest insult of all time there. Oh, I know. That is an ouch for sure. Well, Brian, so much stuff has been going on. I feel like I've been gone uh, longer than a week even, but had a nice time off. But I'm glad to be back in the saddle this week. And lots of stuff going on. Why don't we start with your calls to service? Let's get that out of the box first. All right. Let's see. We were we were sitting in that uh, little over 250 range, so kind of our usual or what's been our usual lately. Um, had two or ten new arrests over the past week. Uh, gee, about over half of those, well, probably three quarters of those revolved around drugs, huh. um, drugs and probation violations. And then we had a criminal vehicle operation, uh, a threats arrest, and a fleeing arrest huh. in there. Okay. Well, some of them involve multiple things. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of, some of that stuff goes hand in hand. You sure. don't just have one thing, but um, that, was, uh, that was the gist of it. But uh, probably one of our more prevalent um, weeks of, you know, drug arrests uh let's see had a lot of uh our suspicious calls were down but we had a lot of unwanted disorderly conduct harassing type calls those were up quite a bit more than normal hmm. um sounded like the this past week and i was speaking with some of the deputies you know that worked this past weekend and um sounded like they got uh they got hammered kind of kind of hard over the weekend the hmm. week quieted down a little bit but uh they had a lot of calls that they were they were running to and they weren't just simple calls that's you know they would get there and then they would they would have to do some unique problem solving sure and do you think some of maybe this is a dumb thing to say but do you think just the heat things you know like you've said summer is summer yeah. anyway it's always busier but i just wonder sometimes yeah, there's there seems to be a correlation there. I would agree with that. There's a correlation, and uh, you, you get extremely extremely hot weather. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of ironic, but uh, it's kind of off the off the on a tangent. But uh, I took my Boy Scout troop to a camp here a few weeks ago, and uh, the the we had beautiful weather. It was nice, easy camp. But the week before, and talking to the camp director, they had extreme heat and they had all kinds of problems. People were making poor choices, and there was a lot of accidents just because they were doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing. And um, it was in <laughs> our week, we had nicer weather and there was no problems. So, Interesting. Really, though, think yeah, about it. It, it. it does. It does. It, so there is a correlation there. Yeah, it's funny because I think 
people's reaction with things is different. I, and I shouldn't make this comparison, but I've heard that funky things happen during a full moon, too. And people can say what they want, but there's, you know, there are some things that maybe you don't think about, but all of a sudden there's an uptick and a pattern there, and then you start to go, huh, that that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've worked a, I worked a lot of full moons uh, when I was working in the patrol division and at night, and uh, I would say definitely there's there is something there too. Yeah, it's I, weird. It's a yeah. tough deal, and I and I really empathize with the your officers having to go out and because people maybe are doing things above and beyond. And while I'm thinking of it, because you talked about the drug situation. And I'm going to ask you this, and this is kind of a weird question. Um, fentanyl. So we hear about fentanyl and that not necessarily in our county. I'm not saying that. I'm asking you this just as an officer and understanding this stuff, being a sheriff. So sometimes they put fentanyl. They, they had a big arrest. I just read this. It was like a national story and or whatever. And they'd caught these people, and they were going to be selling it somehow so they put it into other drugs i understand and what i don't get is this is going to sound weird but if you are selling something that's going to possibly kill the people that would be buying it why would you ever i have no idea why the fentanyl is going into heroin and meth and why would they even consider that brian what is the thought process on the seller's end do you know what i'm saying you know, I've wondered the exact same thing because it makes it does not make any sense to me. But um, apparently, it's it's just like anything else. Um, apparently, there is a there is a there's some sort of correlation between doing more business and selling more of those drugs, um, even though that they're they're laced with or can be laced with with fentanyl. Hmm. Um, I yeah, don't. I don't know. I, I it's beyond my comprehension. Yeah, of mine the too. Why. Yeah, yeah, but they, it we're finding it, we're finding it laced in in lots of different drugs. Um, the counterfeit pills are, are probably some of the most dangerous things out there that you know the fentanyl is um, being put into uh, or made of, and uh, th- those are probably the most dangerous ones. At least that's what my task force people are telling us. Um, yeah, because they've had a, either they've warned people. Uh, you'll see something maybe on a social media site, and and kids are dealing with college exams, and they'll try to get something that typically would not be so dangerous, but it can have fentanyl in it. And I mean, it's been some scary right. stuff happening with these bogus. Right. You know, people think they're getting something that's okay, and it's not. Yep. Right. Uh, tell you, makes you wonder. For sure. Yep, it, anyway, it and I just wanted to ask you about that because I just, it's like, why would you do that? But anyway, I'm down a road that doesn't, we can't figure it out, so we might as well move on to something else. Let's talk about something I know you can answer here. So I had a question. Okay. There's been some stuff in the news about, uh, for example, in California, they had a concealed carry situation where they had a list of people who have you know, the permits to have that, and the information ended up somehow being leaked out. So the only reason I'm asking you this is just for you to reassure um, this person who was asking about this that information for people who have concealed carry in Kanabic County, and I know you guys handle that, and if you go to the website, uh, org, I believe, 
and go to the sheriff's department. It tells you exactly how to go about getting a concealed carry. Can you just explain that you guys have their information protected and that kind of thing? How it works? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's considered it's considered private data, um, so it, it's not something that can be released to the to anybody. Um, so it's um, we get a you know a process within our records management system to to tag that as private confidential data. So I, I don't I can't really expand on that any more than that. That's mm-hmm. that's just what that what it is and in, in by Minnesota law. I don't know what California's is or, you know, how it got leaked. Obviously it must be private if it was a leak. Mm-hmm. Um so I yeah, it is yeah, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. For it, sure. It's private data. It can't be released. And and for people to understand, if they are interested in concealed carry and they want to find out more, would you concur that probably going to the website is the best option if they want to find out about how to go about it in Connecticut County? Because that is something the Sheriff's Department handles, correct? Yeah, it, it, well, it, it is. You always go to the sheriff, no matter what county you're in. Right, it, it's right. A, it's a responsibility of the sheriff to issue those permits. Mm-hmm. So whatever county you live in, um, you apply at the at the sheriff that where your residence is at. So, Brian, I, once in a while we'll see like an ad in the paper for a company that offers classes and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. they're just offering how to kind of whatever the steps are, but you still have to go through your local sheriff's department to get the actual uh yes the application okay. and the the class is just part of the requirements of the application gotcha so, okay you know when you when you apply for a permit to carry you have to have uh proof of um the education requirement in minnesota so you have to take a, a carry class and um you know there's a fee there's a fee there um, and then we do a background check. Uh, one thing we've run into actually kind of frequently lately is um, people have, uh, they put their address down for their carry permit and then their driver's license doesn't match. Huh. And find out, oh, well, I didn't change that yet. Well, they have to match. So your your driver's license is part of your requirement in your carry class that you have a photo id um government issued photo id with your permit because there's no photo on your permit to carry um so uh we've had that and they have to go resolve that before we issue a permit sure my other question to you brian would be do they have to um i the refresh is not the word i'm looking for i apologize but do they have to reapply at certain points or once it's done is it done you know what i'm saying once every five years. Okay. Your permit's good for five years, and then you have to retake the class and and then reapply for a new permit. Okay. Good to know. I just was curious yeah. on that. So I hope that answers the person's yep. question. The data that's taken in is protected as very best you guys can do. It is private, and that hopefully answers that question. So there you be. My other, on a much lighter note, before I let you go today, Brian, so I read a story this morning, and you'll appreciate this. So there was a guy in Florida, and he called 911, 
and he wanted them to bring his girlfriend some Sour Patch Kids candy. So he was really drunk, and anyway, there was a follow-up, and it is kind of silly. But my, my question for you is, over the years, do you have any kind of, some of the more odd uh, calls that have come into 911? Because we know we're not supposed to use it for that purpose, but there has to be, you've been in law enforcement a long time. Do you have any of those kind of different stories to share? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I would, I would have to, I would have to look back, especially the the dispatch ones. I, you know, some of our dispatches have probably got some crazy stories some about doozies. some of the <laughs> some doozies. Yes, and and they usually involve the, the the bigger doozies are usually involving somebody that's that's uh, had way too much to drink because mm-hmm. um, they tend to say some really interesting stuff um but yeah uh, uh, we've had you know there's just simple stuff from um my you know they want to they call and want to report their car stolen and and uh then they find out that they just parked it somewhere where they forgot where they parked <laughs> it and you know stuff like that and it happens now and then you know and it's kind of it's kind of funny mm-hmm. but um and yeah so there's Little kids will go back. Yeah, all oh, little kids will call, and that's what those I was are interesting say. too. Mm-hmm. Little kids call nine one one, and and then they hang up, and then they keep playing the game, and um, because they think it's funny because they don't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> until the deputy shows up at the residence and takes it to another level. Yep, I remember. Well, yeah, just you know, it's an edu- it's an educational moment, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, stress the importance of. Nine one one's for emergencies, and you can't you can't be playing on mom's phone. Well, and and I was I'll throw this in too, just as a side note. Um, it probably is a good idea in this in you know now that we use smartphones, and I'm telling you, little kids can figure them out quicker than anybody. I'm telling you, I know a two year old can get into stuff on my phone I've never even knew was there. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know right. if it's because they have little fingers and the touch is different. I don't know, but I would I'll throw this in as something important though. There is a time when you might want to teach your child, you know, how to get into that smartphone, if in age appropriate, of course, when there is something serious. You know, you're with grandma or grandpa, um, grandpa works on the farm kind of thing, you've got the five-year-old with, whatever the case may be. It's not a bad idea. They understand at least, and hopefully not wasting a, a you know, a dispatcher's uh, time, I mean a serious thing, to really understand how Absolutely. that works. Yeah. Right, right. You know. You know, it's it's worth the it's worth the discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, to to have and you know something happens and it's an emergency. This is how you you get help. Right. And uh, you know, usually in our especially with our mobile phones, it's you know super easy. In fact, <laughs> a lot of we get a lot of pocket dials <laughs> on you know unintended ones. And right. That happens. Yep. But for the most part, it's just having them understand. You know, if something would happen, this is what you would do. But I do remember when Riley was just a little boy. I mean, he wasn't much more three or four. He must have seen something or whatever. My mom was actually watching him. And all of a sudden, uh, there was a call, and mom picked up. This is the old days. You know, we had regular phones. And they had said, you know, is something going on? Because we've been getting some calls. And here it turns out Riley had called 911 a couple times. And nothing was wrong. It was just like what you said. They kind of get interested. They've heard about things. And we had to nip that in the bud right away, of course. Um, Yep. But yeah, yeah, that does happen. 
Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's so much easier with mobiles because you know most of them have the availability for you know just one touch kind of things and or mm-hmm. one motion, um, and it calls pretty quick. So um, it, it's just easier to do now. Absolutely, for which, sure. Which is a good thing, especially if you need emergency help. Yeah. Yeah, and de- and depending too, um, I know people that are living on their own, or if they have those LifeLink, the different companies, and uh, people can stay in their home a lot longer if family members know that hey, Grandma can do this if she needs to, Grandpa can do that, you know. So uh, whatever works for them best, but it's nice to know that there is help if needed, pretty much at the touch of a a phone, or uh, you know, if there is a service that they're using like a LifeLink. It's a good idea. I don't know if LifeLink's the name, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, LifeLink isn't. LifeLink's uh, the I know. ambulance helicopter a, service. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm saying it's not the right not the right term, but you know what I'm talking about. I know, and I'm drawing a blank. It's yeah, like well. the tip of my tongue, and I can't. We'll yeah, know it after we're off the all. air. That's how it works. But people yeah, know what right? I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah, because they have those different companies that can help out, and they're under different titles, actually, so... Well, Brian, my dear, next week the fair will be going on for Connecticut County. So what we'll do next week is we'll maybe touch on, uh, I'm sure that the Sheriff's Department is always out doing their thing and you have your volunteers and maybe we'll tap into some of that discussion next week. What do you think? That sounds good. Um, We're actually looking for more volunteers. Uh, Our reserves are, we've got a number of them aging out and we're going to be doing some recruitment here, so... Okay. If, uh, if anybody's interested in, in in being a part of that organization and volunteering some of their time, um, uh, we are in need. Okay, that's we'll get, and we should have probably started with that. But let's let's make sure that we touch on that. I'll make a note to myself. We'll get into some more deal details how to get and be part of that. How's that sound? Yeah, we'll we'll get that all wrapped up. So um, you know where to go if you are interested and. And what you need to do for an application, and you know, there's a background process and and all that. But uh, okay. um, yeah, we've got some folks that have volunteered a, a lot of time over the years, and um, they've decided that they've they've served enough, and um, it's time for somebody else to pick up that that responsibility. And um, so we're looking for more. Okay. People. Absolutely. We will tap on that some more next week. But in the meantime, my dear, hope you stay cool and we will catch up on Thursday next week. Sounds good. All Looking right. forward to it. All right. Thanks again, Brian. Appreciate it. You've been listening to a Q Media Group production.